The Baltimore Ravens get a win in week eight over the Arizona Cardinals, 31 to 24. We talk about the game, what happened, and so much more coming up next year on this live edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravenswire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your team every single day. Thank you so much for being here on this live late night edition and making us your first listen each and every single day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes in video form on YouTube or anywhere you get your audio podcasts. It's the same show, both audio and video. And thank you so much for making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. Again, as we come to you after every single Ravens game live, it's awesome to engage with the chat on these. You can subscribe here on YouTube. You can follow along in audio form. It is free either way. You can also subscribe on subtext for the Locked On Ravens Insiders group for another way, like one-on-one text conversations and other insight mailbags over there as well. But it was a big day for the Ravens as they pick up a win, maybe not as pretty, is a lot of people expected, but as many people do say, a win is a win. So we're going to be talking about everything that happened in the game from how Lamar Jackson and the offense looked to how the defense dominated yet again. And we'll get into some trade talk towards the end of the show as I know the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. So there are some questions about where the Ravens could add to the six and two football team as they look to continue to carry their momentum hopefully into this game against Seattle they have in week nine. But I know for the Ravens, this game against the Cardinals was one that a lot of people had labeled as maybe a a trap game, right? A game where you don't necessarily play your best because the team you're playing is not, you know, on top of the world, like a a contender contender. The Cardinals entered this game at one and six, I believe, and they had played teams close. And I expected it to be close early and then the Ravens to pull away late, which is, kind of what happened to an extent, but I didn't expect it to be as sloppy. And we have Matthias in the chat saying Ravens dub top of the AFC North, David Garcia, my guy in here saying, get, get him big dog. Yes, sir. Kevin, no great show as always. Little homie. I appreciate you, David. And Matt saying, uh, we need to try and scheme more plays for bait. I, Rashad Bateman was great. We'll talk about him. At least I thought overall he was good. I didn't know the, the play where he essentially saved Lamar from an interception. We'll talk about that. There's a lot to like about this game, but there's also a lot the Ravens could improve on. We'll talk about both sides of that. Let's just start with the the stats to jump off here. Lamar finished this one 18-27 for 157 passing yards with a touchdown and also had five carries for 17 yards. I thought he started off this game with a couple of not-so-great throws, like risky throws, and I think the one, you know, just getting into Rashad Bateman, like Matt said, he threw one, he was under pressure, and it would have been picked off if Rashad Bateman did not come back and make one heck of an effort at the ball comes down with a great catch saves Lamar from that interception. And that was a key point in the game for me. You can always identify a couple of points in every game that might be underrated at the moment. Or like you you say, Oh, that's a cool play, but it comes back and you're thinking about it. You're like, wow, that really was a tone setter. What if the Cardinals had intercepted the ball in that play? I can't remember who the defender was who would have gotten it but the Cardinals had already gone down the field and scored on the Ravens defense. 
It was seven to nothing at that point. You needed a response from the Ravens offense to feel like, oh, okay, they're in this and it's not going to get crazy away from you. Because again, what goes on if for the Ravens, the Cardinals go up 14 to nothing or 10 to nothing, it becomes a different ball game. And maybe the Ravens still pull that out. Right. I think the Ravens again, come back and do their thing, but it, it just changes the landscape of it. So with that Bateman catch, the Ravens end up getting a touchdown out of that drive was the Mark Andrews homecoming touchdown as, as he grew up in Arizona was a nice story, but that play by Rashad Bateman, I want to give him, I want to make sure I give him a lot of credit for that. And he played with a lot. He played with high effort and high intensity in this game. There's a, it was a Gus Edwards run. I think it was Bateman blocked really well, kind of got in the middle of things and blocked, had a really nice block that sprung the runner free. Those are the types of plays you want to see out of your guys. And Rashad Bateman played, I think, with a lot of tenacity today, which was awesome. Raven 76 B more saying KO salute. What's up? I appreciate you being in here. Yeah. Raven 76 B more also says Michael Pierce showed out today. We'll, we'll get to Michael Pierce in a couple of minutes, but yes, Michael Pierce played incredible football today, but with Lamar, wasn't his best game, but didn't really have like mistake mistakes. Again, a couple of throws were questionable, missed a couple here and there, but he nine incompletions as a whole didn't really push the ball down the field. I would have liked to see the Ravens push the ball down the field a little bit more. One of the things we'll talk about a little bit in the second segment as we kind of continue here on the show tonight is I thought that some of the trickeration positive steps forward that I talked about last week, where it wasn't just force feed Zay Flowers on reverses and that's it. We started to see that again. I thought the creativity was awesome last week, wasn't so awesome this week. Gus Edwards, the Ravens fed him though. 19 carries for 80 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Rashad Bateman did have a reverse. He, he had that one carry for 18 yards. Lamar Jackson, five for 17. Justice Hill, four for 15. Wasn't really a big day for anybody receiving wise. Mark Andrews and Justice Hill both had four catches for 40 yards. The difference being that Mark Andrews had his one touchdown. Rashad Bateman, two for 34. Flowers, five for 19. Gus Edwards, two for 14. Isaiah likely one for 10. Odo Beckham Jr. had four targets, no catches for him. So I feel like with what the Ravens wanted to wanted to do in this game, the Cardinals played a very physical defensive game and were just making things pretty uncomfortable for the Ravens early on. I will give the Ravens credit for a couple of things as we kind of move into the defensive side of the ball. That's where I want to talk because I think the defense played a much better game than the offense. Although based off what Roquan Smith and Marlon Humphrey were saying after the game, you know, they were not happy with the defensive performance. And yeah, they, they got run on a little bit too, right? I, I don't necessarily think that they had their all around perfect, amazing game, but let's, let's face it. They kind of carried the offense and, and set the offense up throughout most of this contest. So defensively, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen ended up pacing this team with 11 tackles each. That's you know, kind of what you expect from this team. Kyle Hamilton had 10. Brandon Stevens had seven and an interception. Michael Pierce had five tackles. And we can kind of stop with Pierce right now because this was probably one of the better games Michael Pierce has played in his entire career, if not the best game Michael Pierce has played in. I mean, he was all over the place. He was everywhere. Five tackles, as I mentioned, had a sack, a big tackle for loss, a pass deflection, everywhere on the field multiple big run stops the Cardinals went for it on fourth down twice pretty early in the game on fourth and short situations Michael Pierce played a really big part in both of those and even on big third down plays Pierce was in there getting stops that that's exactly what you want 
kind of a guy in Michael Pierce who you would think, you know, oh, no tackles don't stay on the field on third down. Don't stay on the field in pass rushing situations. Michael Pierce doesn't get enough credit for his pass rushing ability. He's one of the better interior nose tackles that can rush the passer in the league. And while, you know, the, the, the CBS broadcast had some interesting words from Michael Pierce in his build, Pierce dominates all the snaps as a guard for Singleton. And he has we saw a swing move yet and the rare moves that he had both in Baltimore and his first stint going to Minnesota and then coming back to Baltimore for his entire career. But he put it all together in this game. Plus, he had big contributions from Justin BK, Brandon Stevens. I mentioned had the interceptions. You know, Stone had another interception. Honestly, kind of stole it away from Brandon Stevens. But you're getting contributions from everywhere. And to the Ravens' offense's credit, kind of the point I was making a couple minutes ago, to the Ravens' offense's credit, they went four for four in the red zone today. And that was big, considering that they were struggling to move the ball for a lot of the game. But when the defense gave them field position or when they got into the red area, they converted and they weren't settling for field goals. Justin Tucker missed an early big 53-yarder that bounced off the, the upright. But those are the types of things that you move on from. Now, whenever Justin Tucker makes a field goal, it's, you know, Tucker for me is one of the big parts of this team and obviously, you know, has been forever. But for me, when he, whenever he misses a field goal, it is, it, it shocks me. Like it genuinely shocks me that he misses it. It almost like it's automatic tuck, right? You expect the ball to go in, but the Ravens overcame that Tucker hits a couple late and the Ravens get a big win in a game that again, you could chalk this up to a trap game and say, Oh, well, the Ravens don't win these types of games because they play down in their competition. Did the Ravens play down in their competition today? I would say so. I think they did. I asked, I asked on social media, right? How do you feel? Do you feel good about this Ravens game? And I'm you know, if you want to comment, you want to tweet me, you want to put in live chat, how do you feel about this game? Do you feel good about it? Do you feel a little iffy about it? Are you not so confident anymore? The overall response was, you know what? It wasn't easy. It was sloppy, but a win is a win. And at this stage of the season, you still want to have the offense be more consistent because the whole point was, okay, well, last season we kind of got into this rhythm and it was harder once Lamar went down, right? But you got into this rhythm early on in the year, but it was win-loss, win-loss. Lamar played like an MVP the first three weeks of the season last year, but then it all kind of started to go downhill and obviously it all came to a head of the injury. This season, you didn't have as many consistent performances. It was either you played well for a half or played well for a quarter, and that was what won you the game or lost you it. But then that Detroit game gave you hope. And you're like, okay, awesome. This is a full 60-minute performance on offense. It was great. But then this game was kind of back to what it was in terms of they kind of played well in spurts but didn't play well the entire game. So those are kinds of things. Those are the kinds of things you kind of got to get over as we start to get further and further into the season. We're effectively halfway through the year, right? This will be week nine coming up. There's, there are 18 weeks in the season. So we're at the halfway point or right next to the halfway point. Trade line, trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. You have to get more consistent, especially with a tough schedule after your bye and plus two divisional games before it. So th there's a lot to like about this team, but still things that they can clean up for sure. And coming up in the second part of the show, we'll talk about the state of this team, the state of the offense, the state of the defense, and a lot more. So be sure to stay tuned. Plan to talk about here on this live instant reaction edition of Locked on Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you 
by eBay Motors. And I'm a big fantasy guy. We have the Lockdown Ravens Fantasy Leagues going on this year. I'm in five of them right now, which is awesome. And our partners, eBay Motors, they've teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Football host Ben Yard, bringing some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for maybe a daily draft or just got on the waiver wire for this week. Every week, we're providing you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny's picked out for us in this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And for me, I, I'm a big Drake London guy. I have been for a while. And Falcons wide receiver, Drake London, he's had a rather quiet – he had a quiet week eight against the Titans secondary. He got only five passes for 55 yards today. But he should be targeted to get back on track with a much bigger game against a vulnerable Viking secondary in week nine with a potential quarterback change looming to Taylor Heineke. Atlanta should be more efficient and effective with their downfield passing team. Plus, London could also see some high volume in the game with Heineke under center. So, again, Vinny Irish from Lockdown Fantasy Football, he's going to help you win your fantasy championship team. It's about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same thing with a vehicle. There are 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. They have brake kits over there. They have everything. They need headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your ride needs. eBay Motors has it, and plus with eBay Guaranteed Fit. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or you get your money back. Plus at, the, plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive, ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Those are the only exclusions apply. We're back here. It's our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still here with you talking Ravens football. After a big, all wins are big at this time of year, a big 31-24 win over the Arizona Cardinals in Week 8. Wasn't the prettiest game. Wasn't the sloppiest game. Well, it was the sloppiest game, honestly. It was very sloppy. But they got the job done, right? They win, go 1-0, and they move their record to 6-2. and They stay on top of the AFC North. There was actually a three-way tie for second place in the North between the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns, all those guys at four and three. Let's look to the comments right now quickly here. We have a bunch of comments to get to. Henry in the chat saying, we played down to the cards. Gus the bus. Gus was awesome. And, you know, we've we've talked a lot this past week, past couple of weeks, about the Ravens and their trade situation. Do they need a running back? I don't know if Gus Edwards heard it. He said he didn't. But, you know, at the end of the day, Gus Edwards had a great game. Justice Hill, it feels like the Ravens still could stand at a running back, though. We'll talk about it more in the front. lesser tier running back. Like to me, I don't know if Dalvin Cook moves a needle for me. I feel like a Zach Moss will be awesome, but you know, who knows if the Colts trade him at this point, but a lower tier running back that will cost you like maybe a fourth or a fifth. And then you can move from there. I think you're fine with that, especially if they can step in for an injured guy. If Gus Edwards has to miss time or justice, Hill has to miss time. But with Gus Edwards right now, he's one of the most efficient ball carriers in NFL history. He's done a great job for this Ravens team being consistent year in and year out. Plus, you have the explosive ability of Justice Hill. Keaton Mitchell is still there. I don't, I don't want to just totally forget about Keaton Mitchell, but he is still there. So it's going to be interesting. But the Ravens did play down in the Cardinals. I do agree with you, Henry. Matt saying Jordan Stout needs his flowers. Jordan Stout's been awesome all year. I won't, I won't give it to him just today. All year, Jordan Stout's been awesome. It's been a very big flip. He's been flipping field. A very big flip for the Ravens from what they saw last year, which was inconsistency. But I think he worked on his craft in the offseason. Obviously, he's been working with Sam Cook and, and 
that Ravens special teams coaching staff. They've done a great job with him. He's done a great job. And the fact that he's able to boom these punts, but also the ball placement has been really good this year. There were a couple times in this game where he flipped the field, put the Cardinals inside their own 10, their own 15, and forced the Cardinals to make something happen. And when they didn't, because Josh Dobbs had some terrible, Josh Dobbs had some terrible, terrible throws. The Ravens offense took advantage when the defense got their stop because of Jordan Stout's field flipping. So big shout out to Jordan Stout as well. Raven 76 saying Geno Stone's a ball hawk, and he says, uh, I feel good about this game considering we traveled to the West Coast, still got the dub. I agree with Raven 76 be more here where, look, it's it's tough. Michael Pierce talked about it after the game. Doing all that traveling, I mean, Im- imagine what they're going through. They go to London, they travel back to Baltimore, they go to Arizona, they're traveling back to Baltimore. They, they've done a lot of traveling over the course of the past couple of weeks, and it's not easy. So... I, I do like the fact that they're responding. They've won three straight games, but it's how do you move forward from here? And I think part of it is, again, their depth stepping up when they need to. Geno Stone has stepped in for Marcus Williams. And one of the things we can talk about, and look, we're going to have to talk about it a lot in the offseason, is Eric Acosta has a problem on his hands. And it's a, it's a good problem. You know, it's a good problem to have. But you have Patrick Queen playing lights out. Geno Stone playing lights out. Blake Harrison playing really good football. Just Matt BK playing lights out. Michael Pierce playing lights out. Vivian Clowney playing really good football. Kyle Annoy. All these defensive players, both young guys and veteran guys, the Ravens can't keep up with them. Now, you, you, we have to enjoy it now. We have to enjoy it in the now because they've done great all year. They've had guys step up. But is just meant to be keep pressing himself out of Baltimore. Is Geno Stone pressing himself out of Baltimore? Patrick Green. Those are all things we have to ask. Michael Pierce is going to retire at the end of his Ravens contract or, you know, his, his three-year deal back when he signed with the Ravens in 2022. And the Ravens actually chopped off a year on that deal this offseason, so he's going to be a free agent this year. Does he retire? There are some questions, but for right now, with all those guys I mentioned, plus Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton and Marlon Humphrey and Adafi Owe and all those guys, all these guys playing super, super well. The defense is playing elite football. I mean, in this game, the Ravens struggled on third down offensively, 4 of 11. But the Cardinals didn't do much better. The Ravens' defense held them. To five of 12. So part of that is Josh Dobbs was just not good today. He, he was not. But other parts of it is Geno Stone coming up with a clutch interception. Brandon Stevens coming up with a clutch interception. You can have those moments and praise the defense for it. And, you know, they, they've had their moments all season long. They've been awesome. Matt saying, encouraging to see us put up 30 offensively. We do need to be more consistent. Yeah, I mean, 30, you know, 30 is awesome. They put up 30 plus in two straight weeks after I think a pretty lackluster performance in London. But again, those London games can get pretty wacky and pretty weird. It is a good step in the right direction, but the consistency, as Matt says, is the key. You can't just be good for a quarter. You can't just be good in the red zone, right? There has to be consistency all the way through for these offenses, all all across the league, not just the Ravens, right? But all across the league. And the Ravens have to find that, especially because we're now halfway through the season with week nine coming up. And it's going to be a big stretch for him these next couple of weeks before the bye. Frank saying Gino's doing what he did in college. Yeah, Gino, Gino Stone to me was a fourth or fifth round pick. The Ravens got him in the seventh round. It was a steal for me. It was incredible the value they got for him. I think they, they what they do, they traded back up to get Gino Stone in that draft. They cut him. He's, he's been a great story. He's going to earn a lot of money. I have doubts the Ravens will be able to retain him. He would probably have to take a team-friendly deal in order for them to do something like that, especially if they want to also bring back Matabike and Queen, et cetera. 
but he's earned it. He's, he's done a great job. His ball instincts have been incredible this year. We saw it again on the play, the interception he had today. He's the interceptions leader in the, in the entire NFL. Five interceptions for the weeks. He's been awesome the entire year. David said, uh, Ravens did good. They won natural counts. Yeah. They, you know, on the record, you want to know is what matters. Against the Cardinals, maybe would like to see a bit more dominant game get closed out a little better. Nelson Aguilar on the hand team. I don't know about that one, personally, but he ends up coming up with the clutch uh, fielding of the onside kick the second time around. But it was wobbling around in there. It was wobbling around. So Aguilar in the hand team was a questionable decision. You know, the game didn't get closed out in the prettiest fashion, but the game was closed out. Aiden saying, how many other teams will be happy looking at our injury report so far this year? Here's an, here's another healthy week. I mean, yeah, I mean, imagine where we were. Like, go, let's all go back to where we were in week three. At that point, the Ravens had lost, you know, how many? Multiple. Almost a dozen players to injury. The silver lining was that none of them outside of J.K. Dobbins and a couple others that were, you know, not J.K. Dobbins level players were season ending. You were going to get Marcus Williams back. Obviously, he's out. He's out again, but you were going to get him back. Adafi Owe, Ronnie Stanley, Paul Lindebaum, et cetera, et cetera, right? You were going to get those guys back, Marlon Humphrey. And you get them all back, and now it's really Marcus Williams who's the only injured Raven, per se. I didn't, I didn't have a chance to look at John Harbaugh and, and what he had to say. Um, you know, so th- these 4 o'clock games kind of kill me <laughs> because uh, I had last year on Bleacher Report after the games. I also was locked on NFL, so I was, I was doing stuff for that. So – I, uh, I didn't have a chance to look at a ton of the post-game stuff, so I'm not sure whether the uh, whether John Harbaugh had any injury updates in the chat. If you want to update me, you can. But Aiden has a good point. Literally, the Ravens have been, outside of the early part of the season, they have been blessed with not having season-ending injuries outside of JK and a couple other guys. So hopefully they can continue that stretch. I didn't. I think who went down in this game? Patrick Queen was shaken up, I think. Arthur Millette went down. And maybe one other guy I'm forgetting, maybe. But other than that, Adafi Owe went down, but he came back in the game. And Odell did too, but he came back in the game. So it's all these like skills, but at the end of the day, Baltimore ended up with a pretty clean health so far through weeks, which is very, very good for them. Coming up in the final part of the show, it's everybody's favorite part, right? Trade talk. We'll talk about trade talk continuing, get into the comments as well. So be sure to stay and play to talk about here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. And DoorDash is awesome because, you know, sometimes maybe the game went to a timeout or it's halftime and there's a stoppage in play. You want to get a snack. For me, I know I've went to get something to eat a couple times during a game and there's no food. But you can get that thing out of there with DoorDash because the worry of no food DoorDash solves that. In the Baltimore area, you know, if you're a Ravens fan in the Baltimore area, maybe you're a pizza guy, you want underground pizza company, maybe you like sushi, you do Sushi Hana or Daily Sushi. They have so many options in and around the Baltimore area. And you can order, you know, whether you want the game day experience, like wings and you can do pizza, soda, burgers, or maybe snacks, chips, dip, nachos. And for me, I'm, I'm a big nacho guy. And kick back and kick off with unbeatable deals and everything you need for the watch party or the tailgate. And DoorDash, you can get 50% off with a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. You can get prepared before game day two. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your, your tailgate gear on DoorDash. And then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. 
50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Companies change terms apply. Don't forget to use code LOCK23 or 50% off of the $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more subject to change terms apply. We're back. It's our final segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Oshtiker is still talking on this Sunday night. Thank you so much for being a part of the Lake Night crew. Make it like a Ravens of course this week and today. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow on my Ravens of course for five days. In addition, doing these live shows after every single Ravens game and big news. So if the Ravens make a trade, we're doing a live stream, breaking everything down. It's the reaction episode, much like we do for the post games. You do it after the Ravens time, et cetera, et cetera. So it's awesome. You can also subscribe over on Subtext for exclusive access to insiders and other things as well. But for the Ravens, this big win over the Cardinals, it, you know, I wouldn't say it was a momentum setting win or a tone setting win, but they got the job done, which I guess is what matters in this instance. For me though, with the trade talk, and we'll we'll get into that as well. For me, I could see three positions for the Ravens, three of them, running back, cornerback and edge. I know there's been a lot of talk about wide receiver. There's been a lot of talk about maybe offensive line, but I just feel like realistically people aren't going to give up offensive linemen for cheap. It's always going to be expensive. And wide receiver wise, I think they they're confident in their guys. So at this point, I feel like it's going to be either running back corner or edge. If the Ravens decide to add anyone as you know, just, any contributor, whether it be a high-level guy, maybe a mid guy, or a low-level guy as well. And, and looking at the comments here, speaking the truth says, what do you think it will take for us to be consistent? I think, if anything, it'll be time. I mean, defensively, they're as consistent as ever for the most part. Yes, defensively, they, they did get gashed on the ground a little bit. You know, we can admit that. There were a couple of miscommunications. I know Roquan Smith, Marlon Humphrey talked about that post game. I didn't end up seeing that. But sometimes it won't even lined up in the right spots. But offensively, you know, we, we have to kind of take a step back and look at the journey of this offense so far. New system with Todd Munkin. New pieces coming in like Odo Beckham, Zay Flowers, et cetera. Guys get injured up and down weeks one through three. So there, aren't consi- there weren't consistent snaps of getting everybody on the starting unit involved with each other because the guys weren't playing. I'm not using those as excuses. I'm just saying it could be a reason, right? The Ravens have to be more consistent, right? It's, it's not something where you can say, oh, well, it's okay because, you know, you know, especially now you have to start to get more consistent on offense. I just think time, where if they had been healthy the whole way through, maybe by this point they would have had a lot more bearings to how to play with this guy or this guy prefers the ball. But they had to go through a lot to start the season, and now I think they're catching up. But they have to do it quickly. You know, they have to do it quickly here. Frank says we could definitely use another back, one that can step in when needed, but not one that will even Gus carries. I mean, I think you could do like a three-headed monster. I mean, that was the plan all along with J.K., where it's going to be J.K., Gus, and Justice Hill – and that was going to be fine for him. I feel like a move like a Derrick Henry, a Josh Jacobs, a Saquon Barkley, I don't know if the Ravens want to pay a running back. I mean, historically, they haven't. There was a whole deal with J.K., and obviously it's different because of his injury history situation. But with Saquon, you're trading, right? You're trading essentially for two guys who are up for contracts after the season, after they had the franchise tag used on them. Derrick Henry would make a lot of sense, but you know, I feel like that ship has sailed unless the Ravens want to give up a third or a second for him. So... I feel like a lower level running back. I still go back to Zach Moss. You know, interesting names could be Aaron Jones from the Packers, Miles Sanders from the Panthers. Those contracts you got to work out too, but those are two guys I could maybe see being moved. 
Uh, Aiden saying Justice Hill. <laughs> Aiden just says Justice Hill. I, good comment, Aiden. I'm a big Justice Hill guy, and I, I give him a lot of credit because he was somebody that I had off my roster. Uh, who was like 2021? I didn't really know what to make of him. Goes on injured reserve, comes back last year, shows burst, gets a bigger role this year, and I think for the most part, it's played really, really well. Raven 76 be more saying, "You're right, KO. Enjoy every Sunday while we can. I enjoy watching the defense. It's fun. This defense is dominant." Mike McDonald has his guys. You know, I talked about all the players. We'll see. Mike McDonald is doing one heck of a good deal this year with the Ravens defense. We have Cam in here. Hey, Cam, this Cam. Hope you enjoy the win. Gus Plus appreciation for the Andrew. We all love the Ravens and your content. I appreciate you, Cam. Thanks for your support. I appreciate you. I mean, yeah, this was the Gus Edwards game and the Michael Pierce game. Both those guys, major props and major shout out. Mark Andrews gets the hometown touchdown. So it was a, it was a good game for those guys, but I just wish, again, a bit more consistency would have gone a long way. Raven 76 be more leaving Florida, flying to Baltimore for the Seahawks game. Well, that's awesome. I hope you, I hope you enjoy your time at the game. It, it should be an awesome experience. The Ravens do a great job. Joe saying, Gus saved us draft capital tonight in a running back trade needed less than we had a corner. I hear you, Joe. I hear you, but my counter to you, and I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are, what if the Ravens lose Gus? Are you confident in a Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, Melvin Gordon, Owen Wright backfield? Would you rather get a trustworthy running back for a fifth or a six? Some people's answer is go get the running back. Other people's answer is I'm fine with that. Either way, you know, I'm interested to hear everybody's thoughts on that, including you, Joe, since you brought it up. And let's go get a corner. I actually am in the, I'm in the camp of corner. My number one trade target for the Ravens is Dante Jackson. Realistically, I don't think the Ravens, I don't think the Ravens get a Pastor Tan or a Daniel Hunter. It would be awesome. I would love those guys, but I just don't think it happens. Paul saying Bateman had a great catch. Yeah, definitely. That, that was a, a game-defining play early on, in my opinion. King saying, think we should either trade for Saquon or Chase or Burns. We need impact players. Two, I mean, Chase Young or Montez Sweat could both be your intriguing options too. I mean, the commanders with that loss to Philly today could definitely be a situation where the commanders move off of one of both of those guys. That'd be interesting. Uh, Aiden saying, honestly, I'm a Washington fan. He's pretty stingy and valued Chase Young at a second rounder and spotted a first. So I take Young for a third and some change. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not trading a second for Chase Young or a first for Sweat. I think Sweat fetches a third and Young fetches a fourth. Like, I, th I think that's maybe where it gets for him. I mean, maybe it's a fourth and a fourth, a third and a fourth, either way. But I'm not, I'm not doing all that when it comes to those two guys. Uh, Cam saying only trade should be for a player the Ravens intend on resigning, like Roquan with a steal. That was, yeah. I mean, if, if you're trading quality draft capital, then yes. If you're trading a fourth or a fifth, I'm not as crazy about a resigning. Doesn't have to be one because if the Ravens trade, let's say a fourth for a guy and that guy leaves him for agency and gets a fifth-round comp pick value contract, you get that comp pick anyway. So if you're going to re-sign the guy, yes, if the guy fits well, like the Ngakwe trade, when the Ravens traded a, a third and a fifth, the Ravens got a comp pick back for Ngakwe because he signed the contract, fully guaranteed deal with the Raiders. So it's interesting when you talk about how teams move the deadlines because if Roquan had left, the Ravens would have gotten a third-round comp pick anyway. Now, obviously, it would have been a very poor move to let him go, but I'm just saying that's what would have happened. Frank saying we're still going through the growing pains of the new offense. We're doing it while winning and mostly on the road. We still haven't peaked yet. We'll be hitting on all cylinders when it matters. Th that's a really good comment, Frank. I, I really like that comment because it's it's the stuff I've been hitting on, but you put it in a really good way because 
there were always going to be growing pains of an offense. They're winning on the road. They've been on the road a ton this season so far. And I agree, they have not peaked yet. This is not peak Ravens offensive football. You want to hit your peak in December, January. You want to build up to that January, February peak. You don't want to peak in November and then tail off. And by the time January comes, you're done. So that to me is an awesome comment because those are the types of things you want. You want it to be you're learning throughout the early portions of the season. And then you can apply things later. Obviously you want to have more consistency. I'm not saying you don't, but at this point for a team that could maybe add a running back or uh, an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, I still think running back is the most realistic option for the offense. There's a lot to like about it in terms of what else the Ravens could do there. Cam saying Henry Alexander, or young slash Fletch. I hear is my number one target, but I don't think they're going to trade him. It, it breaks my heart, but I don't think they're going to trade him. So I think my realistic options would be like a, a Zach Moss, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones. Corner-wise, maybe a Dante Jackson, and edge-wise, maybe a Chase Young or a Montez Sweat. But the Ravens picking up a huge win over the Arizona Cardinals. Not consistent, not pretty, but a win. And puts the Ravens, again, atop the AFC North at 6-2 with a Week 9 matchup against the Seattle Seahawks looming. That's all I have for you here today, though, on this live edition of Locked on Ravens. I appreciate everybody making me a part of your late night. Let me get back here tomorrow on Monday. It'll be more Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.